Welcome to the Formidable Over 40 podcast. I'm Sarah Pittendrig, a mum, award-winning entrepreneur, cancer survivor, mentor and coach. This podcast is all about sharing inspiring stories and showing you that you're never too old and it's never too late to achieve your goals and design a life you love. On the episode today, I'm joined by Elaine Stroud. Elaine is a CEO at the Entrepreneurs Forum, a network for entrepreneurs in the Northeast. Elaine has been with the Entrepreneurs Forum for over 10 years and started her role as CEO in August 2021. Elaine's life has taken her all over the globe with her story involving time studying in France, working for a charity in Nambia and living in New Zealand. She's now back in her home of northeast of England, supporting entrepreneurs on their journeys and helping to put northeast England on the map as a hub for entrepreneurship. In this podcast, Elaine shares her experience and advice on everything from being a female leader to building entrepreneurial values. So, Elaine, welcome. Welcome to Formidable Over 40. Would you like to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you, Sarah, and thank you for inviting me onto the podcast today. I'm delighted to be here. So I'm Elaine, and I'm over 40. I'm 48, 50 next year. I don't and you that still don't counts. look it at all. <laughs> um, it's good camera work. We'll go with the good filters. So as Sarah said, I'm a native Northeast girl, but spent most of my childhood growing up in the south of England in Hampshire in a very small town. So very naive as a young child. But since then, I've explored the world and I've spent time living overseas. Actually, it was nearly 11 years living in New Zealand. I spent six months living in Namibia, working on a charity project there and various other different bits and pieces. But 10 years ago, we moved back to the Northeast, which is now my home. And I've taken up the post as Chief Executive of the Entrepreneurs Forum, which I'm sure we're going to explore and discuss (laughs) a little bit further. Other things about me, I love sport. I coach a juniors and adults in triathlon. I run um, a local tri club and I compete in triathlon. I've represented Great Britain this year for the first time as well, which is absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. And off the back of that, I got to carry the torch for the yes. Commonwealth Games, which is a real honour along the quayside earlier this year. Absolutely fantastic. And you are a formidable over 40 woman. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But if I asked you to describe what a formidable over 40 woman means to you, what does being formidable over 40 mean? I think that whole term formidable is a little bit scary, to be honest. (laughs) I don't know what your other guests have said, but it makes you sound to my mind, that gives me imposter syndrome as to what on earth am I doing here being formidable? Goodness. But I guess when you think about it, I think it's perhaps the confidence that you get with age yeah. and the confidence to perhaps, now I am in my later 40s, to push yourself and try new things and mm-hmm. keep being curious and keep being energised by taking on new challenges that perhaps I wasn't able to do when I was in my 20s or 30s. Yeah, absolutely. And if we talk about you, the younger Elaine and say say we go back past your 20s and before then and, and say Elaine when she was 15, what was Elaine like at 15? What were your hopes and goals and, and ambitions at 15? What, what were you doing? I was very, very naive. Let's put it in this context. I lived in a very small town with not much going on. So my life at 15 involved going to school, hanging out with friends. Yeah. I can't really say that I had big dreams. I'd love to say at 15, I wanted to be a doctor or a chief executive. Yeah. It wasn't like that for me. It was more, actually, I just want to get 
good grades and do what was expected of me. I think I just thought I'll get my GCSEs, then go on to college and then go to uni. I don't think I really put much more thought into life yeah. beyond that. Just be enjoyed being young. Where where now? Enjoyed being young, I did sports, yeah. I hung out with friends and those kind of things. I certainly wasn't going to nightclubs or clubs or no. anything like that at 15. Yeah. It was quite a sheltered upbringing, to be honest. It's a bit boring, really, but I was quite happy. Yeah, absolutely. And And without social media, the pressure... Of social media now, I mean, you, you see the, the the younger generation of today, and and I don't know about you, but I, I was like you. I lived in in rural Northumberland on a hilltop, and uh, you know our our highlight was playing on bikes, ponies, you know, running around with dogs in a very carefree environment with no mobile phones, nothing to pitch ourselves against, for want of a better word, you know. And I I, I think now it's a it's a much more complicated complicated world for the young ones do you I agree I have a 16 year old daughter so I can relate to all of this yeah. and the pressures that she's under and it's about I guess measuring your success now it's all comparative success isn't it mm, yeah how how am I compared to everything else I can see and you know people post particularly youngsters they post all the good stuff that's it and you only see the good stuff and how do you live up to that I mean I, I think it's really difficult for people today it in is. social media to I don't know how they cope. I don't think they are coping very well in lots no. of places. I think that that is is the trouble, and it is very valid because also a lot you could post anything on social media. You could take a photograph of the Caribbean, and you could put a photograph on 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 social media this morning on Instagram. And you could tell everyone you were in the Caribbean, and you know, so all right, you wouldn't necessarily have a selfie of yourself, but but you know, they can say anything. They can say anything and doing, it. and it's very impressionable, isn't it, for the young ones of of today? And I, I do think that that. In some respects, it's a lot harder. I think it's a lot tougher than, than when we were maybe just scraping our knees and falling off our bikes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's quite good in some ways because I do have friends in lots of different countries around the world. Yeah. It does make my life a little yes, easier, but I can exactly. just stay connected to people yeah. without, which maybe I would have lost touch. Yes, there's um, some real so pluses. So that side is useful, but yeah. I do agree completely. I think yeah. it's, it's that comparisons that you're all, you know, that's in human nature, isn't it, to compare... How am I doing versus everybody else? Yes. And, so important know, it, to keep it, it real. confidence sometimes. Yeah, I think it does. I think it certainly is impacting on confidence and therefore it is, it's important to, to encourage people to be authentic and to, to share and keep it real, isn't it? So from from being the 15-year-old Elaine, where did the, what filled the gap till, until you became the CEO at the forum then? What, what, was, what was Elaine doing then? Yeah, 30 years. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I carried on as normal in terms of I went off to university. And I think it was when I was at university, I started thinking, actually, I fancy doing things a bit different to other people. Mm. So my first sort of little adventure was at uni, and I decided to do a gap year, which wasn't compulsory on my course. But I thought there was an opportunity to go and study at a university in the French Alps. And to be honest, I just thought a year skiing <laughs> sounds really fun. It was a skiing. So I signed up for that. And before I knew it, I was on a flight to Geneva by myself, yeah. heading down to this university where I'd done A-level French, but not as part of my degree. So I had an absolutely wonderful gap year in France and met lots of people. And that, I guess, piqued my interest to go traveling. And then I did little adventures, but then had a whole gap year after university where I backpacked around the world. And I've got an identical twin sister. Have you? in Sydney. But yes, <laughs> um, that's comparative if you want to be compared to someone else I spent my entire life being compared to someone else which is quite interesting um 
kind of like sort of parallel lives. Mm. Anyway, we went off backpacking, and like we said, we literally chucked our clothes in a back in the bag, jumped on a flight to America, and then we travelled the world for a year. And we had such adventures, but it really opened your eyes, and it gave me so much confidence that when we came back and I took my first graduate job in London, I suddenly looked around and thought, "Hang on a minute, I'm like two years older than everybody else who's left uni because I." had all these experiences and I felt so much more confident and I think I did well in my early phases of my career because I had that extra confidence from kind of I guess not doing the normal thing yeah. and trying and exploring and doing other things and that's left me always I guess seeking for a little bit of a different path. Yeah yeah and I've got to ask if you've got an identical twin sister did you ever swap did you ever swap? Is there ever? Yes, we did. <laughs> You've um, got to share. So Can swapped... you share? <laughs> There's two stories which I'll share with you. The first one is we did swap classes at school because we were in separate classes. Uh-huh. And the teacher that we thought would never realise cottons on straight away. Oh. And the teacher we thought would realise straight away didn't, didn't. cotton on. <laughs> but me and my sister always think, oh, it's obvious to us apart. So we always felt a bit like, this is ridiculous, but our friends kind of thought it was funny. Yeah. But the funniest story I have was when we were living in, I'd moved to New Zealand. So this is our parallel life story. Yeah. I was working for PwC in New Zealand. My sister was working for PwC in Sydney. Oh. So we hadn't been there for that long. And then one of the, it was the head partner from New Zealand who I knew was over, I didn't realize this, he was in the Sydney office doing something. And he walked along and he saw my sister, but he didn't know it was my twin sister. He thought it was me. So he walked along and he literally slapped on my head and said, what are you doing here? At which point my sister's like, here is this crazy man hitting me. And the partner I knew was walking with the head of the Sydney practice. He was like, how do you know Cal? And he was like, Cal? Cal? Who's Cal? Cal? <laughs> Who is this woman? So I thought that was quite That funny. is really funny. Um, Oh, but we don't get mistaken for one another now that we live on other sides of the planet. Yes. She stayed in Sydney at the time we moved back to right. England 10 years ago. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that, that, I bet that was such fun. So now you're at the forum, okay? We've got Elaine, CEO at the Entrepreneurs Forum. What does a typical day look like for you? I thought you might ask me this, and it's really difficult to answer because my days are so unbelievably varied. Yeah. And it, I mean, typically... I would get up super early in the morning and I do my exercise before work because if I don't put it in before seven o'clock in the morning, it's not going to happen. get done. Mm. So do that, get the kids ready, drop them off at school, head into the office. We usually have a team meeting in the morning and that's because my team is remote. So some people are working from home, some in the office. And we started this in COVID and having a daily catch up. Mm. And it's more like that chat that you'd have around the water cooler or making a coffee. Yeah. I just need to keep in touch with people and check what they're up to. So it's quite social, but we talk about what's going on. And then we get stuck into the day. And it might be, so yesterday I was off running an event all afternoon, which was about defining your success. <laughs> so we had a discussion group talking about, well, what is success? And how do you know if you're winning? And those kind of things. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Sometimes I'm out meeting, this morning I was out meeting one of our corporate partners, mm. talking about how we can work together more effectively to benefit them and us. And often it's just meeting with entrepreneurs and members and yeah. understanding their priorities and what they want to do with their businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And that rolls on really well because my next question is about how does the Entrepreneurs Forum help 
entrepreneurs in the Northeast. I know how you were a huge help to me when I first founded my business in 2008. Um, you, you ran a fantastic campaign. I always mix it up, but I think it was something like, if we can, you can. And it was it, it was wonderful where where startups were supported by, you know, more senior entrepreneurs. I, I was offered mentoring. I always remember Chris Baxter, who was a senior entrepreneur in the forum, offered me time uh, and I wanted to franchise my business. You know, winning awards with you guys created ex exceptional PR exposure, you know, but the wealth of knowledge that's within the forum in itself to be able to reach out and use it, it, it it's a, it's the most wonderful resource to have and so so speaking as an entrepreneur who who is a member and who's utilized you very much in the past more so definitely in my in my startup days which you would expect because as we get on and evolve and our businesses grow you know um but what how would you say speaking today as the, as a forum how is it really helping what is it that you're offering to entrepreneurs in the northeast yeah, that's a great question. What we do is we do the inspiration piece. Yeah. So we inspire you. So by that, I mean, we give you the energy and the resilience to keep going. Yes. So we're not about doing, which is what you need. Yeah, if you're absolutely. running a business, you just need to check in and get that boost of inspiration. And that might come from the mentoring program. Mm. So that's connecting less experienced entrepreneurs with more experienced entrepreneurs. Yes. And we do that on a very sort of tailored, specific basis mm. so it might be someone at a crossroads looking i just can't quite push my business to the next level or have a conversation with this person who's already broken through that and that's probably what happened to you and that will really help you and inspire you just to keep going and keep going so lots of it's about inspiration and that is often through storytelling which i think is amazingly powerful yeah. so come and listen to other entrepreneurs from the northeast but also from around the world because we bring people in from all over Come and listen to their stories, and it's not just talking about the end point. That's it. So the end point is usually well recorded. We want to hear about the journey. That's exactly it. We want to it. hear about the days that you were really struggling. The nitty gritty, and, and that's going to give you that <laughs> bit of confidence to go away and say, "Actually, I can do this." Yes. And that campaign was called "If We Can, You Can." Yes. So it's saying, "If, if we can do this, and of course you can yeah. do that. You just need this boost of inspiration yeah. and energy to get on and do it." Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And in terms of your role, I'm sure it's hugely varied. What is the what is your most favourite part of being a CEO of the forum? I think seeing the members benefit from what we do. Yeah. So so satisfying when you hear a story when someone says, I met so and so at one of your events or I heard this bit and that changed my life and that changed my business. And because of that, I've gone on to do Yeah x or y yes and that just makes me feel proud yeah to be in the development to be helping in that way a real a real buzz buzz moment isn't it to see how you know people as you say are benefiting from this wonderful service that that you're all all offering and in terms of the role and it evolving and growing and the forum evolving and growing what what are the goals what's what is the future what's sort of on the radar for for growth or what what are you hoping to 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 do next with the forum Oh, and, in, and in your role? Well, I think, I think we've got loads of untapped potential at the moment, especially coming out of COVID and all the challenges that we have now with the cost of living. And ultimately, the North East is always bottom of every leaderboard. It doesn't seem to matter what leaderboard it is. 
the northeast is nationally rotten and i would like to hope our, our ultimate vision is for the northeast to be the best place in the uk mm. to be an entrepreneur yeah and and that's going to take some work but we've got opportunities there's i don't know if you're aware sarah but i can see it literally from where i'm sitting the new sage international conference center is being built so there's this brand new state-of-the-art conference center and arena which is being built right outside where I'm sitting, Phenomenal. which will open in 2025. Wow. We've got goals of putting on the best conference for entrepreneurs in the whole of the country at this new centre. I mean, yeah. that's, that's two years away and it will take a lot of work. Yeah. But there's some brilliant examples of fantastic gatherings of entrepreneurial brains and mm. minds which make a difference yeah. across the world. And I think if we could replicate that and do that here in Gateshead, yeah, which is where the centre will be. That could be incredible. And you can see the passion and the enthusiasm that you've got for that, you know. And and if if anyone, if any of my listeners are actually going to be watching on YouTube, you, you can see how animated and passionate you are. And that's what you need to be as a leader, because that's you know being that in that in that position, you've got to have that passion and that energy and that belief. And you can see that you absolutely exude that, Elaine. So. What would you say that, well, you've, you've more or less tapped on it there, but I was going to say, what really motivates you? So not just in work, but, you know, you, you, you do those iron challenges and, and you've, you've got so much going on and you, you've, you've got a, a busy full on life, haven't you? With, with, you know, outside and in work. What is it that, that motivates you and, and it keeps you inspired? I think I'm motivated by trying to be, sounds a bit cliche, but the best version of me that I can be. Yes. So I like challenges that kind of push me yeah. and then push me a little bit more. Yes. And a little bit more, which I guess is why I've done endurance events. I've done a couple of iron distance triathlons now. And it's it's not about where I finish in the race or whatever. It's I think if I just put my goal on completing it, mm. completing to me isn't enough. It's completing it and having gone through the journey to know that when I've completed that race, I've done it to the best of my ability on that day. Yeah. And so to me, I have all these little milestones on the way, like I have to complete the training and I know I need to be up at five o'clock or, or six o'clock or whatever it is. But I'm motivated by saying, well, actually, I'm going to really love the endorphins at the end of this, but I'll only get those if I know I've put the work into and it. And push so yourself it's about through. Being mm. the best version of me. Yeah. And I like that with other people. And that's why I like coaching. Yeah. I want to see the kids that I coach on Sundays. Yeah. Tell us more about them. T yeah, tell us tell us more about those because it's a fantastic thing that you do. T share share with us about the coaching that you do with the with the young ones. Yeah, so I, I set up a club for triathlon for kids. This is for eight to I think the oldest kids we have are about fourteen or fifteen. So I set up the club in October twenty nineteen, which is probably in hindsight not the best timing. So we got this club up and running and it's quite a lot of work too you have a lot of responsibilities in setting up a sports club you need to have all the welfare in place and all the logistics and we worked with this is triathlon to get the accreditations we needed and all the coaches qualified mm. um, and now we coach every Sunday afternoon for two hours kids in cycling swimming mm -hmm. running this year we ran an event in our local town for kids we had 100 kids come one Sunday morning to do a, a triathlon which is a swim followed by a run right. they got their medals and an ice and we gave them each an ice cream when they finished but it's it's so exciting to see the kids happy and yeah. you think these kids on a Sunday afternoon would be sat at home probably on their Xbox yeah. or just watching TV or something like that and we get them outside running 
enjoying themselves and enjoying sports. The endorphins, yeah, getting the happy endorphins going as well. Yeah. Yeah, and we love it coaching. Yeah. There is so much fun. Yeah. Another you thing know, of getting so much out of it. Back. Yeah. Paying it forward, isn't it? And and just getting it and, and setting those kids up. Because that's, a, you know, you're giving them a great start, you know, providing that facility. Because like you say, what else would they potentially be doing? There's so much. It's too easy, isn't it, to be sat on social media or be gaming? Yeah, and I have that issue with my son trying to get him to stop doing that, as I think most parents do struggle with. You know, actually, you'd love your kids to be out doing more things, but it's really hard. Those games are really addictive and I love them. I find it really difficult to encourage my son to pick up better habits. <laughs> I don't know that it's bad, but actually yeah. to manage his time better. Yes, yes. So you, by nature, are supporting a lot of people. You're supporting the kids, you're supporting your family, you're supporting the forum members. What about you? Have you got any support networks to help you? Because, you know, you, you've got a lot going on. Who who do you go to for sort of for, for motivation and to, to sort of fuel your tank, for want of a better word? I think, you know, family. Hmm. Um, my husband supports me a lot. He's the one that pushes me to say, actually, you can do this. So if I'm sort of sitting on the fence thinking, I'm not sure if I'm capable of doing this, he's like, just... Just go, give it a go. You can do that. Start yeah. a bit faster than you intended. See how it goes. So he's a good source, a good rock for mm. me. But then friends as well. I've got a really good group of friends, mm. people I've met through my triathlon club. One girl who's a brilliant lady, Emma, that I train with. Mm. You know, we're out doing long distance runs and cycles. And I think we sort of like cancel each other yeah, yeah. into what we're doing with our lives. So friends and family mainly. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it, when you've got a got so much going on and you've got such responsibility to have the, the importance of having good people around you with a previous guest we were just talking about the importance of, of your network and and being surrounded by radiators and not drains because mm-hmm. you do need you know to, to to keep pushing forward takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of energy doesn't it so you don't want to be dra- your batteries being drained you need as many people as you can to to help you power up don't you it's hard work staying energized the whole time and my job is to energize other people yeah exactly those support network for me i do have a fantastic group of people on our board for the entrepreneurs forum and some of those people are brilliant for me because i know i can pick up the phone and have a chat with them if i need to or just need to sound something out and they'll give me that of like boost of confidence to take things to the next level as well yeah and that's so important and when we talk about sort of confidence and self-limiting beliefs and so forth would you say that you've suffered from self-limiting beliefs in in your career or or during your time oh definitely I don't know anyone who hasn't I think they're lying if they say they haven't surely like I think virtually anything that I do that's new I sometimes I start off like at the back of my head thinking, well, I wouldn't mind doing that. I then ponder it myself. And then you've got to kind of communicate it to someone else. Yes. And then I'm doing that to kind of look for reassurance. Because I don't think I've tried anything new without being really uncertain as to whether I can do it. Because who wants to put themselves forward to fail? Yeah. And I think I've learned that you have to be a bit less black and white about what your goal is. Yeah. Because if you just have, I'm going to do X, then it's either I'll fail or I'll pass. Mm-hmm. If you talk about what you're going to do in the journey, yep. 
then you're satisfied with some of the things that you do along that way. Yes. And then the end result perhaps isn't as um, black or white as just saying I'll either pass it or I'll pass it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, working in the forum, you come across many, many entrepreneurs, all very different from all different walks of life. And you'll have heard so many inspiring stories and you'll have met so many inspiring people. The first question I would ask you is, what do you think makes an entrepreneur? What, what is it? What is it? Like someone could be listening to this and saying, well, what even is an entrepreneur? What is an entrepreneur to you, Elaine? I think it's sometimes it's the mindset. Yeah. So everybody's capable. Well, I don't know. Is everybody capable of being an entrepreneur? Probably not. Some people are just willing to take that risk. And it is about your appetite to risk because it's highly stressful, as you know, <laughs> and not without risk, as you also know. Um, but some people love that and yeah. they get the endorphins um, from doing that. Yeah. Um, but, I'll, you know, it's risky to say I'm going to give up my well-paid or not well-paid, my actual paid <laughs> regular income paid. and start something myself, which may or may not have regular income. Yes. And, mm. and some people are willing to do that. So I think it's mindset. And a bit of grit, grit determination. Yeah. You can sense something that people who are in our membership, they've got that ambitious gene yes. to have a go. Yeah, absolutely. And in the forum, there are some phenomenal entrepreneurs. Are there any, without mentioning names, or if you can mention names, any particular success stories that really stand out to you from from, from the forum, from, from, from the entrepreneurial journey of some of your members? Oh, yeah, loads. I mean, there's some... Big names of people that you'll have heard of, like, say, for example, Sarah Davies. Yes. So Sarah, who's on, you know, well-known, yeah. her TV role, Strictly Dragon's Den, when she joined the forum, which was probably 15 years ago, maybe slightly longer, she's just a small little crafting business. Mm-hmm. And, and she's been mentored by people through the forum, mm-hmm. attended various different events. And, you know, she's got an incredible business now. So that stands out. But then there's other people like... Um, I'm naming names now, yeah. but I'm sure they won't yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian Palmer, now he's yeah. the owner of Tharsis, mm. so completely different sector. They make robots, and they've evolved over the years, and he's taken mentoring and support throughout probably the 20 years he's been a member, and I think they're approaching 100 million this year in terms of turnover. So phenomenal success story for the North East. Yeah. But there's lots like that, and actually there's lots of, they're the big names that you've heard of, yeah. but there's lots of companies which go under the radar yeah. that are doing fantastic things. And what I think is good at the moment is I had a look recently, and now one third of our members are millennials. Right. And I was like, no way. <laughs> I thought most of the members would be a bit older than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But so people born in the 80s, so these are entrepreneurs who are in their like late 20s and 30s now with amazing businesses yeah. and that's the likes of Chloe Clover yes. from Wonder Films, yeah. Donna Teesside, she's incredible, look her up if you don't know, Kimberly Catton, yes. so she's from West Barnes, yeah. she does the eyebrow. Yeah, I was with her just the other oh, day, fantastic, so wonderful fantastic inspiration. Business. Yeah, And these are inspiring women and leaders who are in their early 30s doing, I mean, doing amazing. I look back now and think, wow. There's no way I was even close to doing that at that age. So good on them. They are phenomenal. And and working with these um, inspirational people, because you're, you're meeting people from all different walks of life every day, really, in your role, is there anything, any key takeaways that you've taken from them 
that have helped you hone your role and you as a CEO? Yeah, I think so. I think it's given me confidence just to do it. And I think for quite a few years, I maybe sat in the background and realizing these are not ordinary because they're exceptional people, mm. but it is people from all walks of life and people from anywhere from a standing start can be successful in their own right. Yes. And if they can be successful, then why can't someone like me yeah. take on this role and help them in my own little way? So I think it's more taking confidence yeah. and snippets of advice. So one thing I've learned from the entrepreneurs is they're really curious. Mm. And I think I probably failed in my 20s and 30s of being curious because mm-hmm. I just followed what was expected yeah. and didn't explore outside that. Yeah. Whereas the entrepreneurs have said, no, you should read these books. You should listen to these podcasts. And I've really started to do that on Twitter. So I've opened my mind to new ideas. Yeah. And I'm enjoying that. It's, been, it's flexibility, isn't it? As you say, and, and having that open growth mindset rather than the fixed mindset of, no, I better not do that. Or maybe I shouldn't. And maybe I couldn't. And it's like, hang on a minute. We're just going to put that stake in the ground and we're going to have a go. You know, uh, we're going to have a go. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's and, and I think mindset, as you say, is absolutely key. You know that. Yeah, that's... I can't remember which member said this to me, but it really resonated. And I wish I could remember who said it to me because it's stuck. But they said the best way to motivate yourself is to start. Yes. And I said, actually, that's true. And there's there's times, you know, when you think, I can't really be what that doesn't interest me. Yeah. Actually, as soon as you start getting into it then you're like throw yourself into it and you can see where it might take you so now I say to people if you're sitting on the fence or thinking about doing something just start it and then see where it takes you well you'll know that probably from running and cycling it'll be the same won't it some days you probably think oh I just I just can't be bothered and then when you get out there uh, you know it's like oh I'm so glad I did yeah one of our members a guy called Pete Wilkinson he said to me sometimes he wrote a book called Iron Man Attitude. Right. And he'd done Iron Man. So this is way before I'd even contemplated or knew what an Iron Man was. And he said, sometimes you're lying in bed in the morning and the alarm goes off and all you can hear is the rain pounding on your window. Yeah. You feel the wind and you think, I'm never going to get out. But once you open the door, it's just a gentle mist. Yes, yes. And actually, it's okay. And you go and do your run and you love it. And you come back. So yeah. now, and that really resonated with me. And now every time... When my alarm goes at ridiculous o'clock, as it does, and I could feel this horrendous weather, yeah. I just think of that and I'm like, I'm going to get out there. Get out and, and never it. actually have a bad run. No. You always feel better for going Absolutely. And doing Absolutely. Not that I'm anywhere like you. I Lockdown, I decided in my 50s I was going to try and do a couch to 5K. I did succeed. I, I did do that 5K, but now I'm afraid I think three miles is as far as as I ever get, literally three. I'm sure I probably could do more. I could, but it's like you, isn't it, saying that, you know, I, I, I you know, it's it's about your mindset. And if I if I could be bothered, put it this way, if I wanted to do it, I know I would. So I don't think running, I'm ever going to be a, I'll never be any competition for you. That's all I'm going to say, Elaine. You don't ever need to lose any sleep on me coming to attack you on any of those iron competitions. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> so in terms of those competitions, Elaine, what, what have you got? Anything next? Anything in the pipeline? Uh, well, I've just qualified this year to be part of the British team again to compete in the World Championships wow. for Olympic distance next year, yeah. which takes place in Spain. But I don't know 
exactly where or when. So fantastic. watch this space on that yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So you've got an incredibly busy, busy life and a family. The thing that many of my CEOs say to me is, you know, it's the juggle. It's the juggle. We've just got so much on and you know, trying to just find time for, for me and my growth thinking, my big picture thinking, it, it's, it, it's nearly impossible. You know, that, that, that's the first thing that I, I, I hear. How do you find that balance, you know, to because you obviously you, you find time for, your, for doing your competitions and your passion and your family and so forth. What, what words of wisdom, advice can you share to help anybody who says, God, I'm just struggling with a juggle? Um. Well, I'm going to be listening to all your other episodes to see what everybody else <laughs> answers to this question because I think that's the holy grail. Isn't yes, it? Yeah. Getting that balance. Yeah. But I think I've, I've realised there's going to be times in my life that I get the balance right, mm. but the majority of the times you're going to be juggling. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay with that as long as you don't drop the same ball all the time. Yeah. So I think there's times when when I'm training and I've got to put my training first yeah. but there's times when you realize actually so next year I'm not going to do an iron distance triathlon because I decided even though I love it and I absolutely want to do it yeah I need to prioritize family next yes. year yes. and they need more time so it's just taking some decisions and saying well at different times in my life I've got to find time all right my children are now 16 and 14 but it doesn't really mean that you need they need you any less no they actually need quite a bit of your time still and I need to find a bit more time for them and my husband and all of that yeah but I think probably most people say that you don't want to drop any of those balls you've got to keep them going but someone said to me recently think of those balls as made of different materials mm. so which ones of those balls are glass yes and you don't want to drop the glass balls but there's some balls in there that might be made of rubber and they're okay to drop yes, once in a while that's fantastic that's a and wonderful that's analogy nice isn't it analogy, isn't it? yeah it really up. is because yeah, you, you know that that glass and rubber. It is. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to I'm going to use that with my members. clients. I don't know who I that is. Was, <laughs> yeah, one of our members who runs a consultancy business yeah. sent me an article yeah. about it. I, I like that. Good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's good. I'll keep that. Yes, I will be making a note. I, I I love that. An interesting thing is about being able to say no. You know, and and I think when we're younger. We tend, you, you, you may not have, but I know that I used to say yes to everything because I didn't want to miss an opportunity. And before you know it, you're, you're swamped. How do you find it to the ability to say no? Has it got easier as you've got, you know, sort of got older so that you can prioritise y- your life? Yeah, I think I was the same to you when I was younger. I said yes to everything. And there was one point when I was pregnant with my second child where my husband was like, you are doing far too much. Mm. And he said to me, if you don't go in and tell your boss that you have to do these things, not do these things, yeah. I'm ringing him. I'm ringing him at 11 o'clock this morning. Yeah. Like, oh, i better go in and, <laughs> and ask for help. Yes. Um, but that was a case of just saying yes. And yeah. trying, because you try, don't you, and mm-hmm. be perfect yeah. at everything. Yeah. And I think what I've learned... And more recently, I'm still juggling with this, mm. is to actually say, well, what is, what's important? What, mm. what is my purpose? What am I trying to achieve here? Yes. And you do have to say no to quite a lot of things because if you do overcommit, I've been there and it doesn't work no. and it's stressful and it never ends pretty, does it? No. So I think I'm getting better at being more selective. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's, it is, it's very easy to take on everything isn't it you know and it's uh it's setting those boundaries and having that 
that ability to say no. And I do think it definitely gets easier as we get older, definitely. Um, I think so. It's not easy, though, is it? it, it because they're always, they're usually good things. Yes. So you think, oh, I'd quite like to do that. Yeah. That sounds good. I know. Um, but actually, you can't do everything. No. All at the same time, at least. No, no, you can't. We're kind of coming to the end of, 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 the, of the podcast now, and it's been absolutely fascinating. I love to hear about everything you're up to because you, you do live such a... I mean, you, you, at the beginning of the podcast, oh, you said something like, oh, I don't know if I, formidable, if I, if it was it something like, I don't know if I live up to formidable. I mean, my word, I'm sure all the listeners who, who've just, uh, who've just enjoyed your interview would, would think you very much are a formidable over, over 40 woman. And what, what would you say to, to any listeners who are, who are sat at midlife and they're thinking, do you know what, all I've done and they've done it willingly, you know, but they've they've given everything to to the career, to the to the families, and and they might just be thinking, I'm feeling a little bit lost, you know, I, I don't know what what the next decade has for me. I'm stuck at a crossroads. What would you say? What would be your your words of wisdom to help them get unstuck and prioritize themselves? Um, well, I think there's a couple of things that I would say. One is it's okay to be at the crossroads. Mm. Um, and that was a really good piece of advice I got before I needed that advice. So in my early 30s, I had a really good mentor who said to me, there's times in your life where you're climbing and growing and learning. Yeah. And there's times in life where you're going parallel mm. and you're not going forwards and not going backwards. But that is actually really important to have those periods where you're flat. Yes. Because then you can have the energy to grow again. Yeah. And I certainly had periods where I was, I was flat. And it was only looking back, I thought that advice was really useful mm. to say having those times yeah. where you're not developing is okay as well. That's yeah. like your rest day in yes. training. Yeah. Rest days are as important as growth days. Mm. But then if you get to the point where you say, well, I'm, I'm at the end of my rest, I've yes. been resting for too long. <laughs> I've been resting for the last 10 years. What am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, then I guess, um, I'm not saying go and do an Ironman, but mm. go and just... Try to talk to your friends. Is there some hobby that they have or something that they do yeah. that maybe would just bring you into a different circle of friends yes. or um, something new that you can try? And don't necessarily think, oh, right, I'm going to go and climb Everest mm. because you probably won't. Yes. <laughs> and then you're just setting yourself up exactly. for failure. Yeah. But maybe you say, oh, I'd really get like to get into mountaineering. I'd like to climb Everest one day. So therefore this year I'm going to climb Ben Nevis yeah. or something that you can manage. Yes. And then you have little goals along the way. So um, try not to make your next step put too much pressure on yourself yeah. to move forwards. Move forwards at a sensible pace, particularly if you've been at that crossroads for quite a long time. A little step in the right direction might be all you need just to kickstart the next step. Yeah. absolutely and I think it's breaking the pattern it's 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 the habitual pattern that that you can find yourself in and it's finding that little chink of of light to to escape the pattern and I think what you said is very very valid and it's something that we well I do in my mentor and my clients it's about yes have your ambitious goal I think it's really important to have your ambitious goal if you have ambition and you want an ambitious goal um and but to pin it and not just focus on that. It's about rolling the goal down the hill to you. So by having what you said there, small little actionable chunks that you can tick off and you can actually measure progress. You can see yourself progressing. Those little wins are real motivators, aren't they? 
yeah, completely. It's like saying, well, I want to do a marathon, but first do that couch to 5K. Yeah, exactly. Complete that and yeah. celebrate that. Yeah. Then do a park run. And, you know, it might take you five years yeah. before you're ready, and that's fine. Yes. But um, just do it in stages, and stages are at the pace that you're comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely wonderful advice. I knew this would be a joy. It's been an absolute pleasure um, having you on the Formidable Over 40 podcast, Elaine. Thank you so very much. For anybody who would like to find out more about the Entrepreneurs Forum, who might like to um, join or find out about the events and the membership, where can they get further details, Elaine? Correct. Um, Well, the best place to go to is our website, which is entrepreneursforum.net. Or you can look me up on LinkedIn, just Elaine Stroud, uh, Entrepreneurs Forum, uh, and follow me or send me a message through that platform. And um, yeah, let's open a conversation. Absolutely fantastic. So thank you, everyone, for listening to the Formidable Over 40 podcast. And thank you so much, Elaine, for joining us and sharing all of your wonderful advice. You can find out more information about the things that we've discussed on this episode in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. And please do share this podcast with anyone you think will enjoy or needs to hear it. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you very much, Elaine.